Lock on. Lock on. Lock 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 on. Lock 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 on. Lock lock on cowboy. Lock on cowboy. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's spooky Halloween time, so we I'm sure we have some absolutely ghoulish questions from our listenerhood. Nice. See, see how I wove that in? That was beautiful, wasn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into those questions. Uh, the first one comes from our friend Pash, uh, who wants to know, why isn't Kellen Moore utilizing Blake Jarwin more in this offense and a little bit less of uh, Jason Witten? Why do you think we're seeing less of Blake Jarwin? Because we've actually seen his his snap counts go down just about every week from the start of the season. I would like to call attention to the fact that you did not say this correctly. He asked why Blake Kellen Moore isn't us, utilizing Blake Jarwin more. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, no, I we have. I want to make sure the pun <laughs> was in. Okay, uh, and thank you, Pat, for the question. Uh, you know, I think uh, he hasn't given us quite the upside as a receiver that you'd want. And the, and the real problem I think is that he hasn't been, uh, he's been pretty bad as a blocker, you know? And I think yeah, that but we knew that going in, right? We, we, no, we yeah, no, 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 absolutely. That that's baked in. But, but what's also baked in is that he's a better receiver and that's the part that's supposed to be getting him on the field. I, I feel like there's been times where he's not getting open when he's on on the field. He's he's had some drops. I, I I'm not I'm not saying that that he shouldn't be playing a little bit more and getting some more opportunities. But I can also understand the argument that you know he he hasn't quite lived up to what they had hoped. And I, I also can also listen to the argument. And I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me on this specifically, but I I would not be surprised if he is losing some snaps to Schultz who I think is actually, you know, proving to be a pretty decent blocker at times and can do some of this uh, receiving stuff as well. So um, I don't know that it's just that he's losing it to Jason Witten. I think Schultz is also maybe eaten into some of that. Yeah, I don't know. I still feel like Blake Jarwin is their best receiving tight end on the team. Am I wrong in thinking that? I think I think you're – no, I think you're right. I just – I mean, he hasn't exactly – shown week to week that that same prowess that we were hoping it, for but, you know okay but it, it's i think it's one of these things where it's awfully hard to come into a game for 15 snaps and be like okay here you go you're gonna be our you're gonna go make plays but i, I think but, that's, but that's his job uh, <laughs> i mean that's you know that's that's his right, job but so it, but there's no feel when you get into the game it's like a basketball player coming off the bench and okay hey go be our best score you need a little bit of time to get into the game speed and that kind of stuff i i, I, maybe, I maybe that's true but but the problem is is that that's not who you are you're not you're not the 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 all-star that's being put into the game who has a great two-way game that is easing his way into the game you're 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 a one tool player who has it as a trick, and you, and you need to come in and perform that trick well if you want to continue to be on the field. Like I don't, I don't understand why that's. He's a role player. Like if he wanted to be more than a role player, he needs to develop as a blocker a lot. Uh, otherwise, you know, like he needs to come in and be a good receiver. And right now, he's been an okay receiver when he's coming in. 
I, I, okay. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say that he hasn't been what we would hoped he would be. And I and I think that you know you may be right that you know maybe he needs a while to uh, to to warm up or he needs a, a larger role to to kind of get into it. But unfortunately, you know what? Like that's not your role, man. And you're not good enough to dictate uh, get getting fed a bunch of snaps uh, to, in order to get you going. You need to get going now, or we'll find other ways to to distribute those snaps. We have other players that are better that 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 can take eat up those snaps that it, it, gladly. Okay, that might be fair. Um, let's go ahead and move on to a different question. Uh, this one comes from at Dadpool. I like it. Nice. Uh, I am recently under the impression that Rod Marinelli's rotation system hurts our defense. He says fresh, lesser quality players are still lesser quality players. Do you agree that the rotation system lets opposing offenses off the hook sometimes as you constantly put lesser players on the field? I think if you if you don't have the quality at those second level positions, then yeah. But I mean, I think the the goal is to have that quality. I think you know, I think what's been happening is that there was, uh, you know, as much you you want to talk about guys who I don't think have had, have had a hard time translating their training camps into the regular season. I think Blake Jarwin yeah. has been one of these guys, but I think and another Lawrence one Armstrong of these guys too. is Dorrance yeah. Armstrong. Is you know, and I think that that's. I don't, you know, I don't really blame them so much for that because I saw it with my own eyes, you know, like the dude is just, I don't know, like he has not translated his game completely to to the other end. And I think that's been a big part of that, of, of this issue. And then I think, you know, having a, uh, uh, at best 60% uh, Tyrone Crawford, you know, even, even before he went on IR, I right. think you know that's also been a huge part of this problem is that he's a guy that's supposed to be a big part of this rotation, and and a big right. part of right. what's been missing. So I think you've taken a hit there. I think that they've done some things, obviously, by getting Bennett that that to kind of help that situation. But no, I actually disagree. I I think that the rotation system it helps uh, keeps these guys fresh throughout the season, and when you have a good uh, mixture of players. I really think that it, it it's a great way to attack a defense because you're getting guys playing with their hair on fire every single snap throughout the game, throughout the season. And it's also important to remember that part of the reason the Cowboys use a rotation system isn't just to get through games, but also to manage to get these guys throughout the season. Yeah. So, you know, when we get to late December or hopefully to January – you're not getting a compromised Demarcus Lawrence or Robert Quinn. You're getting guys that are fresh. So when they are playing those 65, 70% snaps, uh, they can be full board at the quarterback. So I, I think this is a way to preserve them as, as the season goes along. Uh, any final thoughts on the defensive line rotation before we move on? I just think that if you look at it, it's the best way to get the optimal rep every rep if you if you rely on one player too much then you're 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 releasing you're relinquishing that control to that player's you know wind how well he's able to make it throughout the season if he gets hurt or nicked up then you're an issue if you have a waves of player you can mix and match these guys and make sure that Every player, every single snap is is able to give 100% effort because they're all constantly fresh all right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll answer some more of your Twitter questions. Uh, this next one, Landon, comes from Chris. Uh, he says, no extension for Dak or Amari during the bye week. 
uh, given each of their respective seasons so far, what do you realistically expect those contract numbers to look like? Uh, and when do you expect them to get done? I know you and I are uh, kind of on the same page here. We're, we really don't stress about these contract things very much. Uh, I know a lot of other shows, they lead off uh, Sports Center at night talking about the Dak Prescott contract. Uh, we don't worry about them too much because we know who is eventually going to sign those checks uh, and that they never, uh, the Cowboys never let go of players they want to keep. Uh, but let's just kind of ballpark here. What do you expect uh, Prescott's number to come in at when he finally signs? I, I mean, like somewhere between... 35 and 40 million probably. I don't know. Like and it, yeah, and let, let's let's take it even a step further. This is all a a, a sham. This is I mean, you want to talk about conspi- sure. you want to hear the conspiracy theory here? Here's the conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, why did why did you set it up like I love conspiracy theories? Well, no 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 no. No, I, I I'm <laughs> suggesting that this is my conspiracy theory, but I don't think it's really that that it's conspiracy theory. I think it's true. Um this whole conversation about all this this media generation generated talk about uh, uh, salary cap. First of all, that's that helps the owners keep the money the the contract negotiated down because now you they can always the salary cap has always been a tool for the owners to not have to pay the players as much. And and really, what's going to happen is that they're really talking about oh how are they going to pay for all these people? How are they going to pay for all these people? But what that's doing is depressing negotiations. And ultimately, what they're what they're trying to do is get all these deals done before the next contra- uh, TV contract gets announced. And when it does, everyone's going to realize, oh my gosh, the salary cap is going to explode. But you know that's fine because I've already signed Dak, Amari, Zeke, all these guys to a contract uh, under the, the the premise that that you know the, the how are we going to ever fit these guys under the cap? We got to find a way to negotiate. You know, we got to find a way to fit all these guys inside the predetermined. Hey, we got you guys got to work together to get everyone underneath the cap. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I, I think ultimately what this is is you know Jerry Jones and and, the, and a lot of the owners they 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 run the the cable company called NFL Network and you know ESPN mm-hmm. they all take their cues from the same people and they they talk about this stuff when there's not anything to talk about and ultimately what it does is that it helps the owners you know kind of negotiate lower prices under the guys that they're not going to be able to fit things under the cap when they know that they're about to sign a huge multi-billion dollar deal with these TV companies that's going to explode the cap over the next few years and make all these deals look like absolute bargains afterwards. So, yeah, that's why I don't really worry about these numbers. But I would say Cooper probably somewhere underneath 20 million uh, and 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 uh, uh, Dak somewhere between 35 to 40 million. And but don't worry can about I, it. Who cares? Like it's It doesn't matter. It doesn't can, matter. I, can I give you a little bit of a rumor that I've heard with uh, from Dak's side? Okay. Uh He's okay taking thirty-three million a year. Actually, now I, I know there is some debate that you know he he wanted forty, uh, he wanted thirty-five. Uh, I, he's told I, I know what this is. Front, yeah, go ahead. Well, I say he told the front office that he's fine with taking thirty-three. Yeah. The caveat being, it would just be a three-year deal. Yeah, so exactly. Three years, a hundred million. Exactly, because they know what's yeah. going on. I mean, they they know oh, exactly yeah, what right. this deal is. Of course he does. It's not even about the smart the smart players that are it, financially. The ones that are really taking care of themselves are understanding that long-term deals are bad for you because as the years, especially now, these TV contracts are getting larger and larger and larger. The cap is exploding, exploding, exploding. So you want more opportunities to go and have to renegotiate your deal, not less. 
and 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 because mm-hmm. every year the, the it's going to explode, and every year we're going to say, oh, you can't pay this quarterback X amount of money, and then the next year you're arguing about half that player getting twice as much money. You know, it's like Absolutely. oh, you, you know, it, it happens every single year, and and people need to recognize the pattern uh, and and wise up. And it feels like some of these some of these guys are are doing that. They're saying no, give me a three year deal. Give me a two-year deal, and then we'll we'll re- renegotiate my value then after after a couple of years. Yeah, I think Prescott would be smart to, to take a three-year do- deal. You know, three years, hundred million, uh, and then let's go back at the table at twenty twenty-one yeah. after I play two more years and I rack up you know twenty more wins and uh, score seventy touchdowns. I think you know I think that makes sense for for Prescott's side. All right, let's go ahead and move on to a different question. Uh, this one from Jared. Uh, do you expect the Cowboys' defense to blitz more now that they have a solid defensive line? Uh, I just, I'm curious how Bennett is going to affect this entire defense. Uh, I actually think the opposite. Yep. I, I think Dallas is going to blitz less now that they have Bennett because they're going to feel like they don't need uh, to rush more guys to yep. get to the passer. Exactly. Uh, I do. I do wonder though whether we'll see more three defensive linemen looks with you know Jalen being a potential blitzer who could come off the edge or up the middle. Uh, do you think that's possible? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that you really miss Crawford for was he was really good as one of those three down linemen that was basically playing kind of a pass rushing six technique or five technique. And sometimes they would mm-hmm. kick into three. But yeah, I I, uh, I agree that you know when some of their unique looks, I think uh, that's where you're going to see Bennett kind of potentially take uh, Crawford's place there as well uh, as well. You know, the larger role of what he's taking over from Crawford as the swing inside outside guy. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back and answer some more questions. All right, Landon, this one from Wade. It's not Wade Phillips, but Wade oh. Wap. Uh, I know. It's, I, I'm sure <laughs> that's, Wade. That's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine, Wade. It's okay. Yeah. You're, you're a good enough, Wade. Yeah, I, I'm sure Wade listens to this show. He's out on the West Coast. He's got nothing else better to do. Surprise, um, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we need to consider giving Tony Pollard more touches? Uh, because, <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm, I'm on this bandwagon. I, I think Tony Pollard should get seven to nine touches a game. That seems like the right amount to me. Uh, if the Cowboys could, you know, get him what, five carries a game, two or three receptions, uh, I, I think that makes sense. What do you think, Landon? I, I mean, I think it's it, it, yes, but I also think that that's a situation where. Uh, the offense is going well. When things are going well, then I think it's easier to do things like that. But when I think, see, it, I disagree with you there. That's what we're disagree. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. I don't think that you. You know. He, I mean, I, I think you've. He's shown it that when you've bringing him in as as a change of pace to kind of mix things up, he's had problems at times. Uh, and I think it's his best work has come when there's been success there, and then he's used uh, as a mix in guy. You know, I, I think. I, I think that. He has value to to this offense. It should be getting more touches, but I think that's also based on the offense clicking well enough to get kind of going to add him add him into the mix at times. I think it's more important that you get other players going in order for the offense to go than to sub him in and, and see if he can give you five or six good. All right, that, that, that's a fair point. So let's let's rank it like this. If you had to pick the four players on offense that you want to get going in order, what's the correct list? Because to me, I think it's Amari Cooper one. Some other people will think it's Zeke two. Uh, but is it Cooper, Zeke, Gallup, and then Pollard? Or is it is it Cobb after that? Where, where do you rank these guys in terms of, hey, going into the game, these are the guys we got to get touches? 
I, I mean, I think I think it's all those guys. I think because of the nature of the position, it needs to be then it needs to be an interior player, and I don't know that it necessarily needs to be a tight end or the slot receiver. But I think it that is that is a the part of the field that you need to attack, and I, you can do that however you like. And then I think at that point, at that next level, is the Tony Pollard, Blake Jarwins of the of the of the you know, and I think Tavon Austin is kind of in that role, kind of in the, the slot position role with, with uh, Cobb. You know, I think it's like a Cobb and Witten tier at four, and then a okay. and then beneath that are your role players that you're trying to get touches specifically in certain packages. Yeah, see, I... I but, like but, but I also... That's the that's 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 problem. Is I, I like Tavon on Pollard. I think Pollard gets more than the touches than those guys, too, because he's also the backup running back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, my problem is, and that's not a problem, is I like Ka, or I like Tavon and Pollard a lot. I think you can I think there's ways to get those guys, you know, eight or nine touches a game, but there's just not that many snaps to go around. So it probably a little is a little bit dependent on team base, right? Your it's volume it's right? volume based, is what it is. I mean, I think you need in order to get more snaps, your team has to be have be having success. You have to be converting first downs in order to get more snaps, right? If you're three and outing or five and outing every single drive, well, yeah, guess what? There's not a, there's not room for Pollard to t- take a whole bunch of snaps because he you aren't executing, you aren't creating more opportunity by creating more snaps. Then it, it, yeah, guess what? The, those guys on that fourth and fifth tier, they're gonna get less snaps because it's more important to get the guys that are the engine of your offense going, so that you can at least create scenarios where those other players can come into the game and create. I agree. I, I think that makes sense. Um, this next one comes from Dak for wide. Uh, he says, "Jadobi Wuzier is a safety, and nobody knows it." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I love it. just the bold, you know, just the bold statement like that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think Jadobi is played better than uh, people are giving him credit for. Uh, I, I generally think that I, I, I would like for him to take another step at some point. Because I feel like he's not just being burned. Like, he's not – I mean, I, I remember what bad second cornerback play looks like. I don't think that's what we're getting with Chidobe. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just – I think he needs, it's time for him to take the next step of getting more pass deflections and or interceptions. Can I give you a, a breaking news uh, update from Calvin Watkins? I want your, your opinion on it. Okay. Uh, not only was Tristan Hill late to a meeting on Thursday, but he also fell asleep during a speech by Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas uh, today. Uh, what are your thoughts, Lennon? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He he fell asleep during one of the talks. Is that was that during, on Tuesday? The, yeah, uh, uh, he fell asleep during Isaiah Thomas's Hall of Fame. Uh, he, or, uh, Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas came to the practice to talk to them, and he he fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's that's. Have you uh, listened to I to say a Thomas talk before? It's, he's pretty quiet. It's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. He's really, got like the librarian, yeah. librarian voice going he's, on. You know, you get in that cold, <laughs> air conditioned room, you've been working out. It's like you get sleepy. You know, I don't know. I, I get it. I, yeah. Sometimes you get into a room that's too hot. And yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. I didn't get that second cup of coffee. Some, I guy, some guys talking about basketball. You're like. Phew. 
Yeah, I mean, you, coming from somebody who lives in Lakerstown, you uh, uh, you should you should know better than anybody. oh, that's right. The uh, Lakers are still here, aren't they? Uh, it's, it's killing me, man. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.